when we entered the US market, we we had all these headwinds talking about um, how the role of an agent is going to be disrupted and the importance of an agent in the transaction is going to become less important and, and agents are going to lose their jobs and all this negativity. And the problem with that is, you know, the people that perpetuate that really fail to understand the role of a real estate agent. The, the role of a real estate agent is as a relationship builder. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions Podcast. Join us as we get the stories of the leaders in the real estate industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 228 of the Real Estate Sessions Podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And today I get to have a little fun. Today I am going halfway around the world. In fact, I'm recording this episode on one day and the gentleman about to join me is another day ahead. I, I just think this is crazy cool stuff that we could do this and, and have these kind of remote interviews. I'm going to be talking to Mark Armstrong. Mark is the CEO and co-founder of Rate My Agent. Um, unlike many of these other new companies that pop up in our space or companies that have been around for a while even, this, is a, this, this name is very straightforward. I can't wait to ask Mark about this, but Rate My Agent is exactly what you think it is. And so let's get going with this. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. Great to be here. Rate My Agent there's no hidden agenda there. It's exactly what we think it is, right? Exactly right. The idea of Rate My Agent was was to provide complete transparency across the property market. Certainly in Australia, when we when we launched the platform, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of grey in real estate. Um, you know, a lot of grey around uh, you know how much a property may have sold for, or, or or how how many properties an agent is selling, and and customer feedback. Which property does that re- reviews relate to? That that grey really causes confusion. So you're you're spot on. At rate my agent is is it just about transparency? It's about independence. It's about openness. Um, it's not about, and we'll talk about this more as we, we go through, it's not about competing with agents and trying to get our hands on their commission. Um, it's really about transparency. And really, uh, the aim of Rate My Agent when we started is still the same aim or, or it's the philosophy we have. And the philosophy is really simple. It's to simply support good real estate agents. I love that. We're going to talk a lot about what you've uh, created. But first, I do want to ask a couple of questions about Melbourne. And I, I'm going to, I, I apologize in advance. I'm going to be that <laughs> ignorant American. You know where I'm headed. I, I just, I think that when I think of Melbourne, because my wife is such a huge tennis fan, all I can think about is the Australian Open. And first of all, how like cool and forward thinking they are. They're like the hip major in tennis, you know? And so I'm sure there's a whole lot more about Melbourne. I don't know. So what, what am I missing? Yeah, I mean, look, you're right. The Australian Open is is our big international event, and and that's really. I mean, we have the Grand Prix here as well, the the the, the Formula One Grand Prix. Um, we're, we're a little bit different to Sydney. We don't have a big bridge, and we don't have a big opera house. <laughs> so we we sort of you know we 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 fly under the the international radar to some extent. But look, there, there's really three things. I, I'm born and bred in Melbourne. I, I love Melbourne. Um, you know, obviously biased because I've been here all my life, but, but there's really three things that, that 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 Melbourne's renowned for. The first one is we're known as the sporting capital of Australia. Um, you know, we have the tennis, we have the Grand Prix, 
Um, we have the AFL, the, the football grand final here. We have the MCG, where the biggest game of cricket, you know, that the, the test match cricket is played. We have soccer played in Melbourne. We have uh, rugby league and rugby union. Um, and when you when you put on a sporting event in Melbourne, you get massive crowds because Melbournians just love sport. Um, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. If it's the best sport, 100,000 people will come out and watch it. Um, they'll go to the MCG and watch it. You know, an AFL game of football uh, at the MCG, the grand final, will, will, will 100,000 people will turn up there. Hundreds of thousands of people turn up to the tennis. Um, so we, we just love sport. Um, so that, I think that's the first thing. We're, we're, we're the, known as the sporting capital of Australia. The other one is we're, we're very big into in, we're – we're a cultural centre as well, the arts and live music. We're very strong in that sort of that 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 um, that arts culture. Personally, I love going out seeing live bands, and uh, in Melbourne, a little bit like a Seattle, maybe where where there's there's every every pub has got a live band playing over the weekend. There's so many band venues in in Melbourne where you can go out and see um, see a live band. So um, arts and music and all that sort of stuff is, is really really strong um, in Melbourne. And the last one, funnily enough, it's coffee. Um, <laughs> we're known to have some of the best coffee shops in the country. Melburnians are very fussy about their coffee. There's coffee shops all over the place, and there's little um, there's little laneways, you know, through the city of Melbourne where you can go and get some great coffee. Um, so very, very fussy about our coffee. So that, that's what we're known for. They're the three things, sports and culture and coffee. I, I got to meet you in New York at the Inman Connect event and uh, you and your team. And it really, what a wonderful evening. Um, I always find that if you hang out with Aussies for an evening, you're going to have a great time. So that's, uh, I think that you think you know that, right, about your country? Yeah, we, 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 we love having a good time. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. When we're involved in business, we we love to work really hard, um, but we also like to relax and and not take ourselves too seriously. Um, yeah. And it was great that night in New York, catching up with all of you guys. All of you guys in the um, what was it called? What was that bar called? Uh, the the Rum House, the Rum yes. House there in in yep. New York. Um, yep. And we just like to relax and and you know everyone come along and have a drink with us because um, we're not bad drinkers. Uh, the Australians. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't say that. So that's we're all good. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, right. I, I, I'm a sports fanatic. I think you know that a little bit. Um, and yeah, you mentioned cricket, and I know that that's one of your passions. And so I'm going to ask you this question. First of all, ba- baseball is my favorite sport. Grew up playing yeah. baseball. There is some semblance or correlation, or there's some things that are similar. But for a person who knows zero about cricket, how long would it take you? To help me understand cricket at a at a at a higher level. Yeah, it, it's 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 a <laughs> it's a tricky. I game. hear that. I hear that. I hear that little uh, hesitation. <laughs> well, it, it's a little bit similar. It's probably I, I could throw that back to you. And, and how long would it take you to explain baseball to me? Because it's you know cricket and baseball are a similar in a way that um, hit the ball as hard as you can. You know, um, and that and that's the basic premise um, um, of both games. But you're right. When you get into the subtleties, particularly in cricket, you know there are a number of different ways a person can go out. Um, you know, when you try and explain to, you know, here, here's a line that no one's going to understand, um, and it can take uh, it could take me a week just to explain what LBW means, a leg before wicket, 
and what it means if the ball if the ball pitches outside off stump is it out or is it not out so there's a lot of there's a lot of technical elements to the game of cricket um, in, in a very similar way, I'm sure there's a lot of technical elements to the game of baseball. So it's one of those things. Cricket, I, I've, I've been brought up with cricket, so it's sort of it's in the blood, and and you learn all those technical things in the backyard as you're growing up. But it, it, it I think, like most sports, um, you know, I mean, my my kids play basketball, and uh, I was at two basketball games on the weekend, and I said to the to the dad sitting next to me, there was a foul, and I said. I've got no idea what that foul was for. Um, I, it, it, I could watch a hundred games of basketball, and I've got no clue what that was about. And and my kids have been playing basketball for, you know, five, five or ten years. Um, yeah. And I still don't because I wasn't bought. I, I didn't play basketball as a kid, so those technicalities are, are tricky. I think. Yeah, I'll tell you my my uh, my fa- I have a favorite cricket story. And uh, this past summer, Cindy and I were in London. To for her to attend Wimbledon, right? So yeah. we're checking off the majors as we go, and the a, a game of cricket, pickup cricket, um, just happened as we're in this giant queue for the daily passes. Uh, <laughs> they used a trash can as yeah. I think the stump. I yeah. don't know if that or the okay, no, that's and, right. and, yeah. the, and the wicket, the wicket was, I think, an empty two liter bottle, and I think they just. You know, the, 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 I'm sorry, the bat. And then they, yep. they kind of whipped together a ball with some tape or maybe it was a tennis ball. I don't know what it was, but yep. it was a bunch of adults and it, the game kept growing because people would see it. They'd come over and all of a sudden they're at bat. And it was just, I just went, you know, that is really cool because that's exactly what we would do in the States with our sports. It was just, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. It happens so much on the beach. Um, you know, you, you'll see a couple of kids um, who they'll, They'll get a boogie board, like a little surfboard, and they'll they'll bury the, the the tail of the board into the sand, and that's the stumps. And they'll grab a tennis ball and a cricket bat, and, and they'll start playing cricket. And all of a sudden, there's kids coming from everywhere, and there's dads coming from everywhere, and mums are joining in. And a, a game of cricket where there's a couple of kids who started it can turn into a big game of 20 kids playing cricket, and none of them know each other. They all just waft in and uh, and start playing a game of cricket. So it's uh, it, it's wonderful to see. Great to see. That's great. I, I love those kinds of stories. That's I just think that's uh, that's really that's what sports all about, anyways. So 100%. being inclusive, getting everybody in there. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about you growing up. I'm just going to guess. Usually, when I ask this question, it's it's not the answer is no. Never thought about it. But were you thinking about somewhere doing something in the real estate industry while you just say maybe before you were entered university? No, so I, I I wasn't. I was um, I, I didn't I didn't finish high school. Um, is the first thing I, I actually went back. Um, I, I out of high school I, I went out and got a job. I was actually doing sort of uh, audio visual staging work, setting up for bands and 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 for conferences and doing those sorts of things. I probably at that time I wanted a career in in sort of maybe film and uh, television in the in sort of the. Um, yeah, behind the scenes, certainly not in front of the camera, but but behind the camera, and but but at the same, so I left I left high school and and I just went out and started working from a very young age. I think from the age of sixteen or so, I just had this thing about about real estate. I loved the idea of looking at property. I, I didn't make a connection to I wanted to work in real estate. But in Melbourne here, in the inner suburbs of Melbourne, we have a lot of period-style homes, uh, Victorian and Edwardian-style homes. 
Um, both of my brothers are builders. Um, my father has, has always had a sort of a strong interest in, in real estate. And I remember when I when I was a kid with with dad, um, dad wanted to buy an investment property uh, in Melbourne when I was around 16. And one of my favourite days was getting up. This was before the internet, before we had you know, Zillow's and realestate.com's and all those things. We'd get up early. We'd get the newspaper with all the latest listings, a little bit like the MLS, the old MLS books. But for us, it was in a newspaper. We'd write. I would be there. I'd write the list down of all the properties I wanted to go and look at and what time they were open for inspection. And Dad and I would literally drive the streets of Melbourne. We'd zigzag across the streets of Melbourne, looking at as many properties as we could. And I, just, I still do that to this day. I, I, I just love looking at real estate and and looking at good property and and critiquing it. And and uh, and you know, I, I went out. We we bought a whole lot. My brother and I. I actually bought my first investment property when I was eighteen, and then I bought another one when I was nineteen. Um, and we we built up a little portfolio of property and. Uh, and I still do that to this day. I just, if I'm driving down the street and I see a house that's open for inspection, I'll I'll stop the car to the chagrin of my wife, who says, "We're in a hurry. We've got we've got to get so." You know, and I'm that's all right, Lib. We'll 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 be right. We're gonna. We'll, I've got to look at this house. It's really important. It's not important. I'm just curious to see what I'm curious to see what it looks like and how much it's worth. Uh, and and you know, I just just have that passion for it. And you you turned that into a business, correct? As they almost like a, on a consulting role, if, if I have that right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did. I, I after when I was about twenty one or twenty two, I actually got the best education. I think from the age of twenty two to twenty five or twenty six, and that education was I just uh, picked up, left Australia, and backpacked around the world for three years. Um, I just read books. Um, you know, I I was spent quite a bit of time in the states. I, I bought a car in in Pennsylvania with a, a couple of friends. And we drove that through New York and up into Boston and, and around the Great Lakes and across Canada and down into Vancouver and down into Seattle. Um, I traveled through Europe and I traveled through Asia and the Middle East. And um, and most of the time when you're traveling, you're just sitting there reading books. Um, you've got so much time. And for me, that was the that was the best education. And and then when I came home, we we had already my brother and I had already. Uh, sort of bought these properties from before I went away. So we started a building development company. We just started renovating houses and, and sort of to some extent flipping houses. Um, and then you're right, from there, that idea of, of combining that love of just looking at real estate and then advising people, that passion I just turned into a job. So for for a good five, oh, well, for a good ten years, I guess uh, I I really just try continue to drive the streets of Melbourne, but now it was a job. Um, and people would ask me about a street in Melbourne. I'll know the street. I'll know which side. I'll I'll, I'll know a lot of the houses in the street. Um, I, I I transacted near on a thousand properties um, over that time, helping people buy property, helping in some cases helping them sell. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, I turned that passion of just looking at real estate and being and so so passionate about the property itself and the merits of the property, um, and that enabled me to, to start an advisory business where I help people, you know, buy and sell property. Were you helping primarily investors like yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I, okay. And okay. but even yes, and 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 even homeowners. I remember saying to a client once, um, they said, I really like this house. And I said, that's great. 
and I said, how important is the investment potential? And they said, no, look, it's not important. I just want, I, I just really love this house. And, uh, and I said, okay, that's cool. I said, so, so let's say we buy this house and in 10 years' time, it's worth less than what you paid for it. They said, oh, oh no, 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 no. And I said, so, well, so, so investment is important to you. It was my job to, to sort of combine that role of, yes, a home is, is, a, is about shelter. But for many people, a home is a stepping stone onto other things. And, and, and we need to consider that investment potential because if we make a poor uh, decision as, as a first home buyer, for example, um, you know, a first home buyer when we might be single and have no children and, and all those things, and then in five or 10 years into, adva- in, into the future, um, we're now married and we've got kids. So what's the next step? Uh, and because uh, I'm... Ten, I mean, I've got four young, or not young, that my eldest is, is 17. So I've got four children um, and I've been married for almost 20 years. That feels like I snapped my fingers and that happened. Uh, it, it, it went so quickly. And that was my job was to really help people not only think about what their short-term, short-term needs were, but also to look into the future and consider what are their medium and long-term needs uh, and that really sort of changed their focus of where and what they should buy. Four children. <laughs> if the, if the seventeen year old decides and says, "Hey, Dad, um, I'm going to backpack around Europe for the next twelve months," I'm just going to assume your answer is going to be absolutely, "Son, let's figure out a way to get this happen, make this happen." A hundred percent. And actually, he's already one step ahead. He, he's actually a very good cross country runner. He's a uh, he's third in in the state of Victoria. Um, his plan, wow. his plans are going to the US. He, he wants to study um, at a US college. He's really focused. Um, he trains five days a week. Um, he's already reaching out to US coaches. If there's any US coaches listening, cross country coaches, get in touch. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he, he's really quite passionate about about making that step and getting into the college system. So he's pretty focused on hopefully getting a scholarship in the US and and uh, and traveling around. And, and I encourage all of my kids to just jump on a plane and put a backpack on their backs and, and just go off and explore. Somehow we got to get to rate my agent. And (laughs) here you are, you've got this, you've got this company going where you're helping people, um, you know, and you're getting paid for this to, to help them um, uh, either evaluate or understand what they want. Yeah. Uh, and you somehow we got to get you to this like kind of a website kind of a thing, which seems way different than what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. I, I think two things happened or there, there were there were two real drivers that 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 moved me into this space. Um, I think the first one was often, um, you know, a good idea or a good business comes out of necessity and, and, and you build something for yourself. And I spoke earlier about that lack of transparency in the real estate market and, and trying to find that information. Well, as an advisor, um, when I was helping someone um, guide them through the process of selling a property in a market I may not know anything about, I was in the consumer's shoes. I, I, didn't, I didn't know the best agent to use. I wasn't sure who was the most active in that market. I, I had no access to, cust- to customer reviews. When I did read customer reviews on, on websites like maybe Google or, or other platforms, I didn't actually know which property those reviews related to. Um, I didn't know when the property sold. So so really, Rate My Agent was born because um, my business partner at the time, Xavier, and I, um, we wanted transparency across the market. So we started to build a tool that would help ourselves. And so everything we developed was out of um, was out of our need and, and our and our necessity. Um, 
so that was the first thing, you know. Um, I think that's where great ideas come from, you know, particularly from an entrepreneurial sort of um, angle. Um, the best ideas come from solving your own problem because you you understand the problem and you can clearly define it. Right. Um, the second one was was that we we had grown this advisory business, um, and it's a little bit different in Australia. Uh, the buyer agent doesn't get paid um, via a commission. So if I help all of the clients I helped buy property, the client would pay me directly for my time and for my advice, a little bit like an accountant would work or a, or a solicitor would work. And, and that was important to me because I could maintain complete independence. And I'll talk about that in a, in a little bit as well. But, but independence to the transaction was always really important to me. Um, so we built this business um, and we had an office in Melbourne, we had an office in Sydney, and we were starting to, to open an office in um, in Brisbane, um, up the, the east coast of Australia. And then it really dawned on me that that building a building a really scalable business, um, and which is what I really wanted to do. I, I wanted to build a, a business. Um, I'm not sure I, I thought that we'd take it to the across the globe, but certainly across Australia, I, I wanted to build a really scalable business, and um, and doing that through that advisory role, you, you almost you're taking one step forward and two steps back. It's it's very hard to scale that type of business. I sold out of that old business. Uh, I sold it to some some business partners at the time, and um, and I literally sat on a couch for six months. <laughs> I read I read books about the internet. I, I devoured every book. Um, you know, the Facebook Effect was a great book I read at the time. The story of Facebook and and just started to formulate these ideas. Um, in actual fact, the first idea I, I came up with was was a concept called Property Tycoon, which was an auction tipping competition. So in in, in Australia, we, a lot of our property is are sold via auction, and um, that's a big difference. And, and auctions in Melbourne are like theatre. You go to the house, out the front of the house, there's a big group of people, and the auctioneer is up there putting on a show and, you know, going through his or her spiel and... And um, and so we wanted to gamify that. We thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting to build a platform where you could guess what you think it would sell for? And so it was a little bit like football tipping. You guess which team's going to win the, the the baseball game or the football game or the basketball game. And um, and so we wanted to apply that um, as a starting point to, to to build what we ultimately wanted to build. We thought that that would be a good way to get traction. And um, and so we built that, and it was going pretty well, but. Um, then Ed, um, who's the other founder, Ed Van Rusendaal, who who um, who spends a bit of time in the US, he started to collect data for us, um, and we started to look at the data that we were collecting, and that's when the penny dropped. That that we actually had so much rich data, we realised that um, we could we could now start to rank agents based on the number of properties sold and and average sale price and total sales value. Um, so, so this is a long way to explain what happened, but we, we, we shelved property tycoon and literally in the space of a couple of hours, we registered the name rate, my agent and, um, and, and we flipped the whole business over and, and rate my agent was born in, in June, 2014. So let's, let's talk about some of the success you've had. You talked a little bit at the open of the show uh, about what it does, but let's get a little bit more specific. Is this a tool that uh, a consumer goes in and rates agents as well as data being pulled from 
from actual uh, public records of sales and things? How does it? How does all that come together? Yeah, first? so th- there's two components. Uh, first of all, there's I guess the, the the factual component. You know, how many properties an agent has sold? You know, and what was the average sale price? And and um, what's the total sales value? This is this is factual information, and and uh, we wanted to collect that first, so then we could you know show the consumer um, what was really happening within their market. Because look, I'm a real estate person, and and I don't want to say this against real estate agents because I'm a licensed agent and and I'm, I passionately support real estate agents, um, but I also know that every real estate agent walks into a potential listing saying I'm the best because I sell the most. Hmm. And the consumer has three or four agents that walk in that say, I'm the best because I sell the most. And the consumer says, well, I'm confused now um, because I'm not sure what that means. So we wanted to clean up that factual information so the consumer could see, okay, what's really going on within my market? And who is is selling the most one-bedroom apartments? Who is selling the most multi-million dollar homes? Who is selling the most houses as opposed to units? Um, so really starting to, to provide that clear picture. Obviously, that data is housed. Is that housed in a public record sort of a place? Because here in the States, you know, we would be looking towards the MLS to get that kind of stuff. Yeah, a, a bit both. Uh, there's a whole lot of publicly available data. Um, and we collected a whole yeah. lot of publicly publicly available data. Um, the problem with that in Australia and the US, we're actually going through the same sort of cycle is that Invariably, that data is not completely accurate. Um, there's a lag period to it. It, it can be, you know, it, it can sometimes be three or four months out of date. And what happened is a lot of agents would come to us and say, "Look, really love what you're doing. I, I really get it. Um, but in this particular suburb or city, you, you, you've got me down as uh, I've sold 14 properties in the last 12 months, but I've actually sold 18. Um, how can we fix that?" And we said, well, the way to fix that is to integrate with your, in the US, it's an MLS, which is effectively the same in Australia, although our data warehouses are not industry owned, they're privately owned. And they okay. they really combine the CRM and the data warehousing is one platform. You know, the big one in Australia is my desktop. So they're not location based, like an MLS was really born from location our data warehouses are born from the, 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 I guess, in a sense, the quality of the platform that was being offered to the agent. The idea was to legitimize the data, make the data as accurate as possible by importing all the data from those direct sources. So in, we launched in 2014. In 2015, our biggest problem was keeping up with the amount of data that agents were literally throwing at us through their through their different systems, through their MLS or their uh, um, or their, their their data warehouse platforms, uh, which was a great problem to have because we were the only company in Australia to get that full picture of the market. We were only really the third company in Australia to get that level of depth and and that level of information out of the market because. I said before, independence is really important for us, and, and we were saying to the agents that, look, your profiles and your your experience can only look as good as the information that you ultimately provide us. So we, we've got the platform for you, um, but you've got to live up to your end of the deal. Um, and they did, and it was a it was a real sort of it was win win. You know, we, we're not here to take anything from you and then use it against you. We're to take something from you and use it to your advantage. And that resonated really well. What percentage of of agents in Australia are 
working with you and participating and trying to make sure their profiles are up to date? In terms of our, our data market share, it's very close to 95%. Right. We get the, the vast majority of the data. Uh, and once you start to get to those levels, you know, is it 96 or 97? I'm not sure of the answer to that, but it's it's um, no, it's, it's it's almost complete market share there. And let's talk about the consumer experience then. Well, the consumers. So, so we in Australia, there, there's around about um, um, five hundred thousand properties sold each year. So, the Australian market's about one tenth the size of of um, of the US market. If we just look at our unique visitors to our website, we're getting sort of three or four hundred thousand just Australian visitors to our website each month. Um, so, a, a huge a huge chunk of Australian sellers come to our website at some stage of the process. Again, we don't know an exact number, but when we look at those broad numbers, we know that, that a, a huge chunk are coming there. And the reason for that is I think we have to look at who Rate My Agent is. We're a digital marketing business. Our job is to help agents collect, share, and promote their customer feedback. Um, so the, 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 the really, I think the most impressive number for us is that around about 80% of real estate agents in Australia use our platform. That means they 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 promote their Rate My Agent profile, um, they claim their profile, they collect reviews. When they're sitting in front of a potential seller, um, they'll say to that seller, hey, um, I just sold a house across the road three months ago. Here's my Rate My Agent profile and you can read the review that your neighbour wrote for me. And, and we knew that Again, as a real estate person, we know that the personal recommendation is a vital part of the process. But the personal recommendation was very clunky. You had to go over it and knock on that person's house on their front door and, and say to them, hey, what did you think of the agent's performance? Or, or you needed to see them at the sporting club or the local school or the church community. Um, and in some cases, you didn't really know the person well enough to ask them their opinion. So, so that level of personal recommendation, even though it's it's vitally important to our industry, um, it it wasn't as efficient as it as it could be. So, we've just made that uh, that we wanted to digitize that personal recommendation. So we wanted to, to make it so a consumer didn't have to knock on the door of their neighbor's house and say, hey, how did you go? Um, they could actually be sitting in bed at night, the kids are in bed, and they could be um, just searching and reading that customer feedback, knowing that, and this is the really unique thing about our platform, is every review is linked to the transaction. So you can clearly see which property the review relates to. You can see it on a map. You can see the photos of the property. You can see when the property sold. You can see how much the property sold for. So linking that review to the transaction um, was took us a, a long way to digitizing that personal recommendation. And I think that's the secret source. If there is a secret source, that that's it. I don't. I don't know any other company doing that here in the United States. No, there's no one doing that in the, in the United States, and and that's why we saw a, yeah. a wonderful opportunity to um to to grow into that market. Data collection is going to be an issue, you know, when you move into a another a different market. Is that your biggest concern or your biggest challenge as you as you bring Rate My Agent over to the U.S.? It, it was. It was the the first challenge to address. Um, and we've done very well. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking to MLSs 
for um, about 12 months. We've now got um, around about 450,000 agents directly connected to our platform via the MLSs. We've got some of the biggest on board, CRMLS MLS and you know, Miami and Contra Costa and Base and all, all these sort of really big and influential MLSs are, are on board. Um, and I think, I'm not, I can't be certain about this, but people tell us that our, our take up of, of MLS integration has been extremely quick relative to, to maybe some, some other businesses in the marketplace. So, so, yeah, absolutely, that was the first step. And, uh, and, and the marketplace has responded really well to that. And we're getting MLSs signed up every week. There's a new MLS coming on board. Uh, and again, I guess uh, one of the challenges we've got is, is keeping up with those data integrations, because as we all know, the data structures in the US, um, uh, let's just call them complex. <laughs> let's go with that word. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to go. You want to say they're not standardized? Is that what you're saying? Uh, In Australia, every (laughs) every property listing has exactly the same data structure. It doesn't matter where you are. um, It has the same. It's called an REA XML feed, and every single listing. You know those challenges are. um, We're a part of the Reach program with 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 Dave and and Tyler and the guys there at NAR and the Reach program. And I remember talking to Tyler mm-hmm. about that. We, we don't see it as a problem. We see it as a challenge and an opportunity. And, and Tyler's response was yes, because once you solve for that problem, you've actually now created a, um, a, 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 you know, a barrier to entry for other people to clear that wall and get into your market. And, and we exactly, we see it that way. We see it as a, yes, it's a challenge, but it's also um, a challenge that we're prepared to take on. And, and once we overcome that challenge, you, you're on the way. And uh, and we've we've done a lot of that right. in the last twelve months. Mark, successful entrepreneurs very rarely kind of just rest on their laurels, <laughs> <laughs> and, and without without giving away something that will make your your partners unhappy. It is there something else down the road? Are you thinking about something new that you might be able to um, you know bring to market as well? Yeah, the, y- you're right. For Rate My Agent, again, our biggest problem is is too many ideas, and it's a wonderful problem to have. It's just about prioritizing right. the ideas and 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 attacking the ones that that are most important. But look, I can tell you a couple of the big ones that that we you know that we're really focused on uh, for the U.S. market in particular. We we have a big um, Agent of the Year awards here in Australia, um, and what's really and we just had the the awards ceremony the other night. I think you saw some photos on Facebook and. Um, Actually, Molly McKinley, um, who's who's heading up our, our our marketing team in the US, and shout out to Molly. She was sitting there at the awards and she was looking around and, and I said, well, what is it? And she goes, the agents just love it. They, they love the recognition and they're so engaged. And, and it's, it's, I think, the penny dropped for Molly that this is really powerful because you're engaging with them in a very positive way. Um, you're, not, you're not trying to take from them. You're actually, like I said at the start of this, we support good agents, and that philosophy will never change. We will support good agents, and and the real unique thing there is is that our awards are based on customer feedback. So many so many agents get recognised because again they sell the most property, and the analogy I use about that is that sort of logic means that a Toyota is better than a Ferrari because Toyota sells more cars, and that's just <laughs> not true. So we, we look at the quality of service and we recognize based on that customer feedback 
So that, I think that's the first one that it's not new, but it will certainly be new to 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 the US market. Ideally, we'd love to have our first award ceremony in in uh, January next year in the US and and start to recognise agents for customer feedback, which is important. Um, the other one, which is sort of new that we don't talk about a lot, but but we just we do see how the data set can be used for a whole range of things. When we look at real estate, there's a whole lot of other people that actually um, leverage off that real estate transaction. You know, mortgage brokers is, is a prime one. And we don't actually see a platform in the market that really supports good mortgage brokers in the same way that, that we're trying to support good real estate agents. But the transaction that they work off is actually the same transaction. So we, we see an opportunity in the mortgage broking space. And if anyone's listening and wants to talk to us about that, we'd, we'd, love, to, we'd love to talk. I'm always plugging it away, Bill. I'm sorry about that. Totally okay. No, this is, this is fascinating because this is, this is brand new. Like if I'm an agent listening to this episode and I want to participate, I want to be a part of it, my MLS has to participate first. Is Look, that we, correct? We do collect information in the public domain, but but it, it it's it's certainly okay. it, it yeah. If there's agents listening who who really want to start this process, the best way to start is the right way, and that's an integration with the MLS. Then with the data's clean, and and the agent doesn't doesn't have to spend time cleaning the data. It just makes it much more efficient. And, and also, when the agents um, transact a property. Um, in Australia, our system automatically sends out a review request to the person that they transacted with. So the agent doesn't have to remember to do that. They know they want to, to get a review. We, we believe that an agent's job is to list and sell property on, on the sell side of the transaction. It's not to manage social media platforms. It's not to manage review platforms. Those things can be automated. There's a really big thing that we're going to see in the US in the coming weeks and that's the concept, and, and you've heard this, Bill, but, but maybe not everyone has it, is the idea of, of a, an undisruptible agent. And I think that that's, that's really the key. We, when we entered the US market, we, we had all these headwinds talking about um, how the role of an agent is going to be disrupted and the importance of an agent in the transaction is going to become less important and, and agents are going to lose their jobs and all this negativity and the problem with that is, you know, the people that perpetuate that really fail to understand the role of a real estate agent. The, the role of a real estate agent is as a relationship builder. Technology does not create relationships. It accelerates them. You know, it can accelerate the relationship, but it doesn't create the relationship. And, and the analogy I use is Facebook didn't create friendships. Without Facebook, we still had and will always have friendships. So without technology, the real estate industry always has and always will have relationships. But what technology can accelerate is things like those social media integrations and, and, uh, and automating review requests. And those transaction things are things that technology can accelerate. But to be a truly undisruptible agent, to really... Um, to, to fight through this period and, and to, to come out on top, it's those relationships that are that are that make an agent undisruptable. So that's one of the really big things we're going to be talking about in the US. We launched, um, and I think you were a part of our undisruptible campaign, Bill. And, and there's a whole lot of people who, mm -hmm. who are a part of that. And really, we really want to change the um, the narrative. 
And the narrative at the moment is a very negative narrative. It's about what is going to disrupt you. What do you need to be scared of? And that's not healthy. You know, being scared of something and being worried about something doesn't help anyone. So we want to change the narrative and say, well, what are the things that you should embrace? What makes you undisruptible? What are the things that you can do to actually um, eliminate that, that noise of disruption? We will never waver from that philosophy of supporting good agents. And the undisruptible campaign is, um, is, is a part of that. Mark, you, I've had you way over time here. So I really appreciate you sharing this uh, with, with our listeners. And I, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked every guest, uh, including Molly McKinley yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Jay Thompson from Zillow and all the way back. And that's if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just starting in the business, what would it be? They really need to think of themselves as a, as a startup. I mean, when, when you become a real estate agent, you're not going to, day one, put your shingle out the front and have business. You've got, you've got to build your business over time, just like I did when you're starting, uh, starting a startup business. And so what are the things we need to consider? We need to consider, well, how am I going to fund myself for the first six or 12 months? So we need to look at, look at the ongoing funding and, and funding our lifestyle. And if we have kids and family, we need to consider giving ourselves 12 months of funding before we, um, you know, that runway, that idea of having a runway before you run out of money. I think also how we build out our reputation because as real estate people, uh, we live and, uh, live and die on our reputations. So we shouldn't st- we start thinking about um, building out our reputations the day we open the door. We might be in an, another career and, and, and as we're transitioning across, Let's use that six months before we actually, you know, maybe resign from our last job and, and make that step into a, a, being a full-time agent. Let's start looking at our reputation. Um, and reputations come from a whole lot of sources. It's right. My agent, you know, has a focus on that reputation you have with, um, you know, with a buyer or a seller. But if you haven't got a, a transaction under your belt yet, what are the other things? It, it might be your college baseball coach or your college professor who, who can help you with your reputation. It's employers of yours that can help you with your reputation. So I think building that reputation is, is really important. And I think the last one, and this is something that every new real estate agent can do, is just understand your market. Shelley Zavitz has just written a great book, uh, the, 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 Your First 365 Days in Real Estate. I, I love that book. Because it talks about these sorts of things. It talks about the idea of looking at your business as a startup. But it also talks about the idea of, you know, just knowing your market. Are there some new developments going on in your market? You know, what, what's what's happening in, within the suburb? What's happening in the local school and the local church community and the sporting communities? Um, what are the things that are changing that will affect the market in a positive way or in a negative way? When you're at a dinner party or you're, you're out socialising, and someone says, hey, you know, Mark's a real estate agent. And someone says, hey, what do you think about this? You can actually talk to it, you know. So then that person, they yeah. probably don't even know that you've never transacted a property or maybe you've only transacted one or two properties. But they walk away saying, wow, Mark was really knowledgeable about the market. Um, so I'm now going to talk to other. And so when someone says to me, hey, um, you know, when someone says to that person, do you know an agent? Well, I was actually at the dinner party the other night and I spoke to this agent, Mark, and he knew all about the new shopping centre that was being built and, and knew all the streets in the area and, and knew the, you know, the history of the area. And so I think they're the three things. 
it sounds to me like uh, how to become undisruptible 101, like your entry level class into that, <laughs> into that world. I, I love it. I have said it better great. myself, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Mark, if someone wants to reach out directly to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the best way is, is there's two ways. I mean, someone can shoot me an email at marketratemyagent.com. Alternatively, they can go to our website at ratemyagent.com. Uh, the great thing about our platform, Bill, that, that I should mention is that um, to have a profile on Rate My Agent and to start using our platform to collect reviews um, is 100% free and it always will be free. So we, there's no barrier to entry. We don't want anyone's credit card to come in and, and start building that that reputation profile. And if that, if there's any MLSs or any brokerages out there that want to have, a, a I guess, a broader discussion, they can always contact me at marketratemyagent.com. Mark, I can't thank you enough for your time today. This really is very cool. It's going to be fun to watch it grow. And I'll be really honest with you. The fact that you had this uptake happening so fast at the MLSs and, and we'll call it, say, in maybe near record percentages, that's really critical because a lot of MLSs offer a lot of things. Uh, and to stand out in, amongst all that noise, congratulations to you and your team for that. Just fantastic. Thank you so much, Bill. It, it means a lot. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com slash resessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to therealestatesessions.com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released. 